Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Build Your Network podcast, the only top-rated show committed to helping you grow your business, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Let's get into the show. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Build Your Network. Today's midweek mashup is all about marketing. If you're new to the show, our midweek mashup is an opportunity for us to look back into our archives of some of the amazing conversations we've had with some of the amazing guests that come on the show. And uh, we basically pull content from those past episodes that are all about one specific topic. And then we put them all into one mashed up episode to deliver some really high quality value on one topic in particular. So today's topic is rethinking your marketing. And we brought on three amazing experts to talk about this space. Number one is Billie Jean. If you're in the online marketing space, you've definitely heard of Billie Jean before because ads are all over the place. He is a paid media expert. He's spent millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, building his online brand. I believe he's up over a billion views now on all the videos that he's put out there. And uh, the things that he became really well known for were were creative ads and uh, the, the ad creatives that you'd put together that he would spend a lot of time thinking about, that he would direct, he would have multiple actors and extras, and he'd put just high production value into his, his online marketing, which enabled him to be a unique presence in the online marketing world, especially in the expert online marketing world, which is the, the, the place that he entered in from. So he's also a really cool guy. I've played pickup basketball with him, just hung out with him a few times. Somebody that I've learned a lot from, somebody that's always been willing to help me figure some things out in my business and things like that. So I highly recommend listening to what Billy has to say about anything marketing because uh, he's one of the smartest marketing minds that I've been able to talk to. And then next we have Philip Stutz. Philip is one of these really underrated guys that you may not have heard of, but uh, you've probably been affected by. Uh, so Philip owns a multi-eight-figure political marketing firm, uh, which has helped elect dozens and dozens, I think hundreds actually, of officials all across the country. His company's helped people like Ron DeSantis win governor in Florida. And then he's actually worked on two or three different presidential campaigns that were successful. Uh, He is one of the foremost uh, political uh, marketing experts in the country and has been interviewed on a ton of different talk shows to talk about it. He has a best-selling book. And then his other company now, Win Big Media, also represents businesses and companies and Fortune 500s. They thrive on data. The data report that his team gave me on our web traffic was unparalleled in specificity compared to anything else that I've ever seen. So if you are uh, interested about data-based, data-driven marketing, Philip is definitely the guy to listen to. And I highly recommend checking out his stuff. He's one of the newsletters I actually subscribe to and read. Uh, So I'd highly highly recommend uh, uh, listening and following Philip if you're in the marketing world. And lastly, we have Travis Chambers. So Travis owns this Facebook ad agency. Well, it's, I mean, it's really more of a creative ad agency. And then they also they also will run traffic for you. But essentially, they made their money coming up with these viral video marketing campaigns. And so where most people are focused on copywriting and uh, how to tweak your ad campaign, they focus heavily on ad creatives, where people are spending six figures with them just to do the creative itself, just to make the commercial or the advertisement itself. And so they've built ad campaigns for some massive companies. Their, their ad campaigns have delivered a much higher ROI, a much higher ROAS as well, return on ad spend. Uh, For some of the largest companies out there, they've done massive campaigns for companies like ClickFunnels. They've done campaigns that have been seen by tens and tens and tens of millions of people because their creatives are so well put together. They're funny, they're entertaining, but they also sell the product at the end of the day. Now, Travis has a couple hundred people that work for him. 
that are constantly putting out new ad creatives. They have different genres, different departments. Um, and just one of the most fun people that I follow online that, again, is underrated, does not get as much attention as he deserves. But I guess that's better for me, I guess. I don't know, because then I get to, <laughs> I get to reach out and, and, and have conversations with them when not, not as many people are doing that. So if you are in the marketing space, you should definitely be following Chamber Media. You should definitely be following Travis and some of the stuff that they're putting out. One of the best uh, creative uh, advertisers that I've ever had the pleasure of, of meeting or, or talking with about this stuff. So without any further ado, please enjoy this episode on Rethinking Your Marketing with Philip Stutz, Travis Chambers, and Billie Jean. So like with a political campaign, I typically have a politician that reaches out. Let's just say they want to run for the United States Senate. And they say, Philip, come talk to me. I, I want to run for for the US Senate in Texas, right? And so I'll sit down with that candidate. And I, first thing I say is, what do you want to run on? What are the issues you really care about? And inevitably, that egotistical politician says, I have 25 things I want to talk about to the public. And you go, all right, all right, all right. No, no one wants to hear your 25 things. Like, we really got to narrow this down. But what I want to do is where I find, a, I want to find alignment between what you care about and the voter. And so this is a very elementary way that we do this. We do um, explain it. We do it much more sophisticated. On uh, I can't describe to you the level of sophistication we utilize, but we go out and we do a survey in the field of voters, and we figure out what do the voter what issues amongst those twenty five issues. We're going to go test all twenty five issues and figure out what issue rises to the top for them. What issue is so they're so passionate about? that they will vote for that candidate regardless of party, regardless of anything else. We know that if we run a marketing campaign for that candidate on these one or two issues, that that's going to put us over the top. And so what we do is we find an alignment between what the voter cares about and what the politician already cares about. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so for us, that's the first step. The second step for us is then we build out a strategic marketing plan for that politician. I don't want to build a plan until I know where they have alignment with the voter, right? And if you're a business owner out there right now, just you know, translate that into customer, right? Yeah. And then I'm going to go rebuild in the customer sense. I'll rebuild or with a politician, I'll build their brand. And the reason the brand is the third step in what we do is because uh, you don't want to run ads and send people to your website, to your brand, unless it speaks to them. If you have a brand that is not in alignment with what the customer or let's say the voter in this instance uh, cares about, then they're going to leave. I think, mm. uh, and I have this in the book. I, I keep forgetting the, the source, but it's in my book. But it's, I think it's CompuWare or something. It's 88% of consumers say they have one bad experience on your website. They'll never come back. And it makes sense if you've gone to an e-commerce site and you're like, oh man, I want to buy this. And you go to it, it's all clunky. And you're like, okay, I'm not buying this. And you swipe out and you never go back. That is what you're up against. So your brand better speak to the customer or the voter in this case, right? This fourth step for us is now we know what the data says, now that we have a plan of alignment, now that we've built the brand, we're going to go test those two messages many different ways, 20 different ways. Like it's not, you know, I always hear from marketing agencies, hey, we test, we test, we test. Well, yeah, you're testing things that the customer may not want. Right. My mm. thing is, I'm testing on the top two issues. So I'm going to test variations of those messages 20 different ways. I am not here to talk right versus left or Trump versus Biden or what all that stuff is. But I'll tell you in 2016, the Trump campaign ran, would run one, they did this a thousand different times, but they ran, they run one ad on Facebook 162 ways. One message, one ad, 162 ways. Why? 
Because what they found out was they would run an ad with a green background, a red background, a woman in the ad, a man in the ad, uh, different font sizes. They would make the graphics in the right corner, in the left corner. They did it 162 ways. And what they would inevitably find is that eight or nine of those ads blew through the roof organically or with very little money behind them. They didn't know why. They just knew what we knew from the data that those, the issue or the message was going to work. They just didn't know how effective to do the message. And so that's what they did. They went out, tested 162 ways, found eight ways that the ad blew through the roof. And now they're ready to do the fifth step, which is launch the marketing campaign or launch that, you know, that ad. And you don't do that until you've tested everything and you've backed everything up by data. I think this is the whole foundation of what you're trying to do. When you're talking about a business, it's the same thing, Travis. You're trying to figure out, right? What, what does my customer think? This isn't like marketing is manipulation, but I want to do it for empathy and for good. Uh, there's too much bad and nefarious players in the marketplace. I want a, a business owner to say, I care about my customer. I need to know what they care about, not just what I want to tell people about my product or service. That's the whole key to this whole thing. Like as a business owner, you're a business owner, I'm a business owner. I love telling everybody how great my business is. I'm proud of what I built. But that may not be what the customer cares about or the client cares about. So you've got to figure out a way to find that alignment. Now, in the way that we look at the data, which is more specific to probably this conversation, that's step one. We built a a partnership with the largest data collection, analytics, and AI company in America. And the projects that we do for our clients and did for you was we have a database of 200 million plus Americans, 550 million plus connected devices. We are tracking 10 billion with a B, 10 billion online purchasing decisions every day, and a trillion searches. And what we do is we overlay your customer base or a lookalike, or we put a pixel on your website, and we we grab their IP address, and we track those movements of those people for the next 30 days. But we can also go 90 days in the past, 100 days since the past. And then we get this massive profile where we can tell the business owner the top values in life of their customers or clients. We can tell them the social media platforms they're on in a chronological order. We can tell them what shows they watch, what books they read, what magazines they read, how they consume media, the apps they consume. Tell them everything about their customer. So before they go out and spend a bunch of money on ads, they know exactly what the customer cares about and they can tailor their approach that way. We've just yeah. always done this in politics and I'm just translating these principles over to business. The key is there are no other business marketers doing this right now. None. 0.0 other than me. Yeah. And so I'm like screaming from the hilltops like, guys, you got to do this smarter because ultimately... I don't know if you ever read the book by Jonah Berger called Contagious. Uh, mm-hmm. He's from the Wharton School of Business. He said, we are seeing up to 10,000 ads a day offline and online. Up to 10,000 ads a day online and offline. Wow. It's insane. So if you're a business owner or marketer out there, you got to break through 10,000 ads a day. You're not just competing. If you're selling bikes, you're not just competing with other bike makers. You're competing with food companies. You're competing with shoe companies. You're competing with everybody yeah. for attention. And you got to break through the clutter. And unless you understand your customer, you'll never break through that clutter. And that's why everybody struggles so much with digital marketing now or any kind of marketing is because they don't understand what they're up against. And it's a science. And yeah. I just figure out a formulaic system that I know works. And then I just wanted to put that out in the world. Yeah, that's what I tell people. There's just a couple people that I follow in terms of like blog posts and, um, and newsletters that I actually pay attention to. And yours is one of them. And it's Thanks, for man. 
this specific reason because because of how data driven all of your decisions are. And when you look at the, the the things that have the largest ad budgets, like a presidential campaign, and like it to me, it just makes good sense that as a business owner, that you would want to replicate as much of that process that they use as you can in your business. Which is why, which is why I, I had you guys go ahead and pull out that data that that data report on all of our software site visitors mm-hmm. because I value that information and it's information that helps me do my job better. Um, as a business owner, and a couple of decisions that I had made, even just about features in the software, I made because of that data report that you guys built for us. You know, like one of the things was I forget the exact percentage, but there was a a much higher than normal percentage of mobile users with people that visited our site. Right, and I was like, well, I've been going back and forth on do we need a mobile application in the next six months of the roadmap? Can we put that off till you know maybe next year after we have a certain influx of users and blah, blah, blah. But when I saw that data, I was just like, man, I got to just meet the customer where they're at and give them what they want, which if most of their usage is going to be on mobile, it's a much better user experience to have it on a mobile application than it's going to be on a mobile browser. So we went ahead... It probably will save you money in the long run to meet them where they're at immediately rather than going six months and realizing you lost business by not meeting them where they're at. That's the whole thing, Especially if you're going to spend money on marketing. Right, you know, like if if you're going to spend money on market, like I always liken it to um, a bucket with holes in the bottom of it. You know what I mean? Like if you don't yeah. have a way to make sure customers stick around, it's like turning on the faucet. Even though there's holes in the bottom of the bucket, as soon as you turn that faucet off, there goes the traffic. It's just going out the bottom of the bucket. You know That's what right. I mean? Like you got to repair the bucket first, and then worry about turning on the traffic. If yeah. you're cool with it, I'll tell you two quick stories that yeah, that illuminate the kind of things that you just talked about. One is a, a e-commerce B2C and one is a B2B business. But um, so the e-com or the B2C, uh, this is um, this woman is an Instagram influencer, and she built a huge presence. And she built uh, an online store. Her whole influence was around hair care products. Okay, that's okay. what I love about the world today. Like you have a niche, you could build a million or half a million followers on hair care products. Like how yeah. cool is that, right? Right. So she did, and she built. Not only did she build this huge Instagram following, she turned it into a very successful seven-figure business. So she came to us and she said, "I, you know." Then she started building out, doing stages and doing conferences. This is pre-pandemic, right? But she's like, um, "I want to build my second social media, you know, sort of platform. I built everything on uh, on Instagram, but I want to go to Facebook next." And I said, "Why do you want to go to Facebook?" And she said, <laughs> she said because it's owned by Instagram and it feels like the natural next place to go. And I'm like, all right, why don't we do the same data report, right? We did for you. I said, let's do... We call it a consumer insights report. Let's do the customer insights report. So let's go do the customer insights report and let's make sure that that's the right investment. So we did the report for her and we came out and I looked at the data and my eyes about popped out of my head because Facebook was the number 4 performing platform amongst her customer base. Number 4. She was about to dump hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into trying to build a brand that was the number four performing social media platform for her customers. Yeah, yeah. And too many business owners do that. Number two was Instagram. So she had built this following over a five, eight-year period. uh, And it wasn't even the number one platform for her. The number one platform for her was Pinterest. And she went... Well, my God, like, of course that makes sense, but does it mean because she has a mostly female uh, customer base? But unless you look at the data, you're not sure. Right. You know, you don't know. 
And so by doing that, again, we were able to pivot where she was going to take her business. And that fundamentally changed the, the literally the trajectory of her whole business. Right. The, the other one, this is even, this is the nuttiest, craziest story I tell. And I haven't told in a while. So um, we, we work for a billion with a B, billion dollar title company. You know, when you go close on a house, you have to go do the closing at the title company's office, right? And this title company said, our customers are real estate agents, right? They're not the people buying the homes, the real estate agents. Real estate agents say, oh, let's, you know, like, you know, Travis, you say, hey, I want to buy a house. Great. Your real estate agent says, oh, we're going to use this title company. You don't even think twice about it. Like, yeah, sure. We'll just go close this. You're not like thinking I need to shop around for title companies. No one does, right? So they know their customer is the real estate agent. And so we, they came to us and they gave us the, their entire database of real estate agents, right? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands. We overlaid that. We tracked what they did, their movements, their purchasing behaviors, all of that online. And after a month, we came back with the same report we did for you. And we determined a lot of different things. But one of the things we found in the data blew my mind. 72% of real estate agents in the markets they were in owned dogs because we're following their purchasing behaviors. They're buying dog food online, right? Yeah, yeah. And how in the world would you ever know something like that? Right. So for this company, we said, we're immediately going to be a brand... You know, We knew when we were building out step two, the strategic plan, that part of their brand had to be around dogs. They had dogs in the office. The owner had adopted a, a dog that's like served over in Afghanistan. And you know, dogs were now allowed into the office, and we'd start running ads on the dogs, you know, like funny ads with the dogs and all that stuff. Why? Because okay, real estate agents aren't looking for title companies with dogs. That's not the point. <laughs> real estate agents are going to say, "All right, I'm going to use like two or three title companies. I'm always going to have them on the bank of thing, you know, of the, right, the right. of the title companies I'm going to choose. I got two or three. But what's the difference that makes the difference? For those real estate agents, if they are going, I got two or three title companies to choose from. Uh, you know what? The one over there, they always love their dogs. They got the dogs on the website, the dogs in the ads. Ah, that makes me feel better. I'm going to go over there. That's what we're trying to find in the marketing. Yeah. We're not necessarily trying to say, we're the best title company, you need to hire us. You know, like, no, right. we're trying to build a human connection. We're trying to find in the data and the customer data or the client data, where can we find better connections with these people so that you can convert more sales? Yeah. Increasing that know, like, and trust however you can. And, and sometimes that's a connection to a dog, which is an insane piece of data to run with, but sounds like it worked out pretty well. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a 
a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. We call it the seven foundational ads. And two years ago, we started noticing patterns with ads. Obviously, the spokesperson Dollar Shave Club anchor videos we had been doing for a long time. We had those dialed, but you know that's those can only really be one fifth or one tenth of your content. You've got to have all the retargeting videos, all the like lower cost, shorter retargeting videos that you're refreshing all the time. And so we went and we analyzed the eighty million dollars that we had spent over the last six years. And over 30,000 different creative assets. And we hired some machine learning engineers who went and codified everything. And what we found is that there were 100 ad types that were most likely to get performance. And so we went through one by one and we named all of those ads. And we started thinking about in biology, you have genus, species, you know what I mean? You have the Latin name for the family of dogs. Then you have different types of canines under that. And then it goes one further. And we're like, well, and it's called a taxonomy. We're like, well, maybe there's an ad taxonomy for which ads work. And sure enough, we found seven categories of ads that generally get the most performance. And this is the checklist that I recommend everyone go through and look. Go through, look, look through your ad account and see if you have all of these categories covered. So one is spokesperson video. Obviously, that's a you know, minute plus long, has some production value, very fast-paced. It's just a salesperson doing their pitch. Two is a product demo, which is obvious. I think everyone has a product demo. But there's dozens of different ways to, to do product demos. Three is social proof or evidence ads. That's um, press features, you know, influencer content, UGC, anything like that. Four is closer ads. So closer ads are add to cart reminders, a post-purchase ad from the founder saying, thank you for joining the family. Thank you for purchasing discount codes, urgency plays. You'll, we'll have a spokesperson. will write down the five most common objections and have overcoming objection ads in retargeting. These are like your low, low funnel stuff. Five is case study. Case study is just really any empirical evidence. Whether you have clinical trials, whether you have um, a before and after video, a side-by-side comparison, anything you can do to empirically support what your claims are in a way that feels kind of scientific, feels kind of quantifiable, that's a case study ad. Six is lifestyle ads. Lifestyle ads are just the aspirational Nike, showing people walking around, using it, you know, your hype reel, whatever. Just setting the mood and the emotion around what your product is. And then seven is unboxing. 
and unboxing is just showing it showing up at the door on the on the table doing a stop motion animation of what it's like when the product comes out of the box using the product so these seven ads we call the seven foundational ads these are and i'll just review them again it's spokesperson ad product demo social proof or evidence ad closer ads case study lifestyle and unboxing we've pretty much found that if an ad account makes all of those types of creative and tests those, you'll find out that some of it works and some of it doesn't. For the stuff that doesn't work, you basically go and you make variations of different types. Okay, we showed an unboxing on the doorstep and it's showing up and someone picking up the door and opening it didn't really convert. Why? Well, we don't know. Let's try a stop motion animation on a tabletop with just somebody's hands. And testimonials too. You know, we've ran seven or eight testimonials, even top of funnel, and six of them won't work and one will. Mm. And it's just because of, you know, for a beauty product, it's just because the skin tone of the person using the product and it's their facial expression. And so you just start kind of going down the line in this process. And we've developed this process where we can look at an account now and we can perform a gap analysis where we actually run all their creative in, in this program against our database to see where the holes are. Yeah. And we took it a step further and we actually pulled the top 2,000 Shopify stores, top 1% of ad creatives. So you know, Facebook's got that publicly available mm-hmm. on the ads library. And we correlated views, engagement, and how long the ad has ran to our own ads and correlated those numbers. And what we found is our ads, on average, outperform the top 1% of the top 2,000 Shopify e-commerce stores by 37%. Wow. But, what it, but what we did is then we went, took a step further. We created a Facebook group. It's called Unicorn Ad Creative. And we post three times a day, we post top performing ads of these Shopify stores with these metrics, with estimated revenues driven. And then we kind of you know, just discuss why that, that ad creative may have worked or maybe why it didn't. So anyways, that's the formula. That's the approach that we've taken that is really working well. Do you find that this is something that can work across multiple product types or is this mainly e-commerce products specifically? We've seen it work across all types. The only two types that we have traditionally struggled in is food and be- beverage. I wouldn't say real estate. Real, we just haven't done a lot of real estate stuff. We get tons of real estate leads and just, they usually just don't, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know about the real estate side of things. I haven't really tested it much. But yeah, food and beverage can be tough. Yeah, yeah. That being said though, like one of our greatest case studies is Potbelly Sandwiches. They mm-hmm. hired us before COVID and that we were their Hail Mary. You know, we were their like dirty little secret. Let's mm-hmm. throw this little agency out in Utah and see what they do. And we increased nation- nation- nationwide sales by 7% at like a five to one ROAS selling sandwich wow. during wow. COVID. And you know, that just shows the power of, of creative. For sure. For sure. But uh, yeah, man, that's it. I've seen it work um, for SaaS. We've seen it work for service companies. We've seen it work for apps, trades. Not like info products and stuff like that. We've seen it work for info products. We're right now, we're running all of ClickFunnels ad spend oh, right. right now. And we're shooting mini anchor videos with Russell every single month. So we've shot two of those now and it's it's working really well. We're already seeing big improvements with our creative there. 
we just started working with Dean Graziosi, Krista Mashore, all big, big in, into the info product game. But you look at us too. The highest return on ad spend client we have ever had is Chamber Media. So up until a year ago, we never ran ads for ourselves. We were just too busy. We were too small to like pull away. And we were the doctor who smoked. We were the 300-pound doctor. That's <laughs> what we were. So we started making our own ads and go figure 32 to 1 ROAS on a $35,000 a month spend. Highest return. And you do the math on that, Good. you know... We're closing six hundred grand to one point two million a month in new business right now. In new business. In new business. Wow. New business. And would this be know? for like those lower tier products that you started to create? It's all over the board. You know, it's a half dozen six figure deals, and then it's like a couple dozen smaller deals. You know, the bigger we get, the more the more value ladder we can just add, add, add. Sure. And you know, getting to know Russell has helped a lot. Reading his books has helped us a lot to figure out, oh man, we have all these different things we could sell yeah. that we haven't been taking advantage of. And um, we just opened up this self-checkout thing called One in the Chamber where you can, you can just buy an ad. You pick your colors, you pick the ad type, you, you write your own script, and then we go shoot it for you. And, and we never even talk to you. It's just like, boom, delivered in a week. <laughs> um, and that's popping off, you know. And then we launched a course, and we got this group that's now sixteen hundred members in two weeks, and we're gonna have a paid group with that. So it's um, building that premium brand, you know, and having the the case studies, and then it's crushing it at the ad spend in our own creative. We went and made our own anchor videos and retargeting videos. We're shooting new stuff every month, you know, to refresh our own chamber. So it's like. It's just cool because like you practice, you have failures. You know, we've had a lot of clients that fail sure. or that that it's going well, but for some reason they don't see it and they hate us. You know, it happens. It sucks. And you know, lawyers don't win every lawsuit, and um, <laughs> not every doctor can cure your cancer. You may die anyways and spend a hundred grand with this doctor. And but um, we've just seen that it's really rewarding to do it for ourselves and see it work better for ourselves than, than literally anybody else. That's like very, been very validating for us. Yeah. So again, just can, being aware that in order to make the big relationships you really want to connect with, you got to have something to bring to the table. Also too, Kevin O'Leary said this once, which is another shark, shark tank, my favorite shark. And Kevin O'Leary says, someone asked him a question in an interview, like, how do you meet people like blank, you know, the Cubans and all this stuff. And he said, very simple. You pay them. People go, wait, I don't understand. Like, I don't have any money to pay them. Yeah, that's the point. You haven't created enough value to even be able to afford them. So your chance of being able to sit at the table and eat with them is rare. And then at one point, you get enough like audience and value to the point where it's a mutual exchange. So right. now when I meet most people, it's like, cool, I know what you do, I need to do. There's mutual respect there. Like, let's get together. Money's not a discussion. Right. But while I was getting things going, pay for someone to come. Right. Because once people see that one person you're associated with, to attract the rest becomes way easier. So do not be afraid to pay for something. Are you kidding me? That's that the fact that you could afford to pay them says it all. Right. You know? Right. So it's all about the value exchange. Yeah. If you it's can't, a trade. it's trading. Yeah. You know? If you can't afford to pay, then you got to figure out a different way to add value. It just makes sense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's the difference though between the people who will connect with somebody and build a real relationship and the people who will run up to somebody at an event, shake their hand, take a selfie, and then post it on Instagram like they're <laughs> best buds, but then yeah. the other person has no idea who they are. Exactly. Right? It's all about that positioning, which all stems from how much value you can add That's to right. somebody. 
Can you talk about like a couple ways when you don't pay? So like if you're not paying somebody for coaching, but you want to connect with them, can you talk about a couple different ways that you add value? So like it's always going to be independent and subjective based on your skill set. Mm-hmm. So like for me, for example, like uh, Rob Deerdeck is someone who I've always looked up to mm-hmm. forever. You know, how would I leverage like getting in front of him when you reach these people and money is not even a motivator, even if you do have it. Right. Give a, and so one thing that I would like offer is growth in his companies. He's got a big portfolio of businesses. One thing that I would probably offer is just, hey, I'll do your marketing for free. Yeah. Simple, because I know how to do that. Another thing that people are aware of our skill set is videos. We do a lot of videos and they're crazy. So, hey, I'll do a video for you for free. Mm-hmm. But listen, if someone, that only works because in our particular position, our ads have been seen a bunch of times. So if they weren't seen and I was just coming in the beginning trying to get in front of someone, instead of just saying, hey, I'll make you a video, I would just make the video and I would send it to them yes. and say, here is a video for you. Do you like it? And they don't probably know what I'm going to do. I'm going to make them another video. Yeah. You know, if they don't answer that one, I'm going to make them another video. You're going to have 12 videos. Right. Then finally, you're going to be like, yo, all these videos have been pretty tight. One's going to get to them. Yeah. And they're going to say, oh, cool. Can I pay you to do another video? Mm-hmm. And I say, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Like, just, just, right. just take shots, guys. Like, the other thing, too, is like, don't be afraid of no's. Expect them. Yes. Like, no, you're going to, you will likely hear a no first. That is when any true salesman would tell you, when you hear the no's, when the sell begins. Anything before that, you were order taking. Order exactly. You were selling. Yeah. Um, yep. Exactly. If you didn't get a no, you didn't work for that at all. Mm-mm. Like those are. So I have a water business that's separate, obviously, from the podcast. Mm-hmm. I have door to door sales reps that go out and sell my water products. Yeah. That's one of the things I tell them. I'm like, look, the difference between making forty five thousand dollars a year and two hundred thousand dollars a year as a salesperson is being a closer. Like mm. the fact that if you can take no's. And you can like go door to door and you can still make money. It's just a numbers game at that yeah. point. But you're going to be in that $50,000, $60,000 range. But if you can go and then flip. learn how to flip those no's and turn them into the yes, now you can unlock like real income potential yeah. and make it happen that way. And now coming into the podcasting world, I've learned rejection on a whole new platform, bro, <laughs> because like door to door, like I don't care at all what like Joe Schmo says about right. it, right? Like Joe Schmo slams the door in my face, tells me to get the app off his porch. Like I don't care. Yeah. But when I'm reaching out to like somebody that I like really respect and admire and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Hey man, we'd love to have you come on my show. Love to, you know, and they're like, no, but yeah, you just have to expect it. It's just part, it's literally just part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and a lot of times, especially with people that you're trying to connect with a lot of times, it's like literally people take it so personally. Yeah. And it's not personal. It's never at all. personal. Like for instance, with you, how many people do you have like reaching out to you? Like on a weekly basis? I can count. Yeah, literally. You <laughs> yeah. can't yeah. count them. So yeah. people take it so personally. They're like, well, he talks about helping people, but he won't even respond to my message. Oh my and God. It's like, bro, I, we have so many of those. I'm just like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> stop. I, uh, you know, or people too. We, what we get a lot of is people get mad that we don't take their money, you know? And I'm like, look, that's the difference in where we're at as a company. It's like, you're not seeing Billy Jean six years ago where I do anything for a buck because right. I needed it. Like people are like, I had hard earned money. But they literally put me on a wait list and made me fill an application and I just got over it. Exactly. We don't want to fucking work with you. Yeah. That's like the point of <laughs> if, the process. If that, like, if that was all it yeah, took. Yeah, yeah we're not like... interested. <laughs> so but it's just funny, man. Well, dude, I appreciate this, man. This is good. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let's boil it down. One thing, sure. one like networking tip, like one thing that you would say, hey, if you implement this into your life tomorrow, you will start to see some more success with this. 
If I had to pick a look at 2018 right now, today thing, you always got to follow the trends. Trends will bring you a lot of success if you can get on top of one. One trend that's happening right now is people are realizing the importance of video. And it's been happening for a little bit now, but the thing is, is a lot of people still aren't using them in their business. And so something that everybody that's listening right now can do if you're trying to get in front of that person is make them a good video. Now, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't know how to make videos, but you don't have to. Go to a website like Upwork.com, Fiverr.com, and have someone, you can look at their portfolios, their resumes, the videos they've done in the past, and literally have them do it. And they'll do it for like cheap. And you just kind of broker that and be the middle person there. And there you go. You found a way in. So I would say that's a pretty cool tip but to get in front of these for entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurs listen to this podcast. Everyone needs videos and that's a pretty good way to get in front of them is leverage video. And you don't even have to be able to make videos. So. Hey, hey, thanks for listening to this episode. That's it for today. As you all know, this show is completely free. Our only ask is that if you found anything valuable in this episode or in any of the episodes that you've listened to, then share it with somebody else and leave us a quick rating review in whatever platform you're listening to right now. It would be super, super helpful for us. Uh, So that's it for today, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Catch you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.